Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Legion. As always, it is your boy Jake, uh, but here with me today is not Mark. You may have noticed that we've been gone the past couple of weeks because Mark has actually been on vacation in Florida visiting some family. Um, he's back home now, but he's actually fallen under the weather. Uh, so today with me here, we got my buddy, my best friend for over, what, a dozen years now, Blake who's actually the co-host of the Nerd Grounds podcast with me. So, what's up, Blake? Yeah, it's weird. We almost, like, we record together almost, like, every week, and technically I'm your guest right now. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is different having you on here to talk about something other than, you know, video games or, you know, comic book battles and random fun crap. We're actually here to talk about something that has a purpose. Fantasy <laughs> football. Are you hating on all the other stuff? No, 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 not at all. But I know I think we've agreed that our other podcast is about random fun that we like to have oh. between each other. We're playing games and running scenarios past back and forth and debating on stuff. But you know, here okay, we're I get what much, you're saying now. We're here to talk facts. We're here to be professional. You know, we're not here to goof off. I'll do my best. You're here. You're you're filling in for some pretty big shoes right now, my man. You're here to. You're filling in for Mark. That's physically some. I don't know what size shoes he wears, but he's a big dude. You know, <laughs> I'm sure his shoes are pretty big to fill. So, I, mean, I got uh, size 11, so I'm not too scared. Oh shoot, Blake! You know, name dropping the shoe size around here. Okay, I'm not even gonna. I'm you not mean even number dropping. <laughs> whatever number dropping, name dropping, whatever. It's all the same. Anyways, okay. So Blake, uh, you know. Uh, we don't talk football on our podcast, so why don't you go ahead and let everyone who listens to the Fantasy Football Legion know a little bit about your fandom. Who do you support? Who do you root for? I'm a Rams why. fan all day. <laughs> okay, okay. And why is that? Because, you know, we live in uh, Northern California. The Rams are located in Southern California. Uh, they've been so, in St. Louis for the majority of our lives. Well, I inherited that from my dad, and when my dad is a fan, he like, he grew up in L.A., and the Rams... We're in L.A. for the longest time, but moved to St. Louis, unfortunately, but now they're back where they belong. Now, were you still a Rams fan when they were in St. Louis? Yeah, I mean, I started being a Rams fan, like, 2001, the year they lost to the Patriots, and Patriots started their dynasty, so it's kind of painful, but I'm still a loyal fan. Hey, that's okay, because you know, it's really funny that you mentioned that. I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I might have, uh, but the very first... The, the very first football game that I've ever watched was the 2001 AFC Championship, also known as the Snow Bowl uh, versus the Raiders versus the Patriots. You might have known as the infamous Tuck Rule game. Um, but, yeah, that actually led to the Patriots moving on and playing the Rams in the Super Bowl. So We're both know, to blame on this one. Yeah, thank you. Um, we both dropped the ball. Our teams did. Um, but you know what? I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, Tom Brady was sacked. That ball wasn't in the air. Um, and, uh, you know, that's been a whole controversy ever since it's been the start of a dynasty. Like you mentioned, uh, you gotta, you know, as much as I hate the team, you gotta respect the goat, Tom Brady. There's no other way to say it. He is the goat. And I mean, I yeah, no I just like him, but yeah, I always have respect for the Patriots. They do incredible things, but I still hate them. I, you know who I respect is Bill Belichick. He is the greatest coach of all time. And I'm not afraid to say that on record on this podcast. Um, he's a super villain. <laughs> you know what? I actually was in the. I almost made a meme about every great villain has um, the greatest smirk. 
um, after last week's game, week seven's game, when the Patriots went against the Jets, and it was caught on camera, Bill Belichick just smirking after the penalty call against he the was Jets. Trolling, he was and he was up trolling. I mean, I wanted to make a, a, a meme about it so bad. We're having like you know some other iconic villains with their smirk, and then you know three other ones, and then the fourth one have Bill Belichick. But I didn't get around to it. But if anyone wants to go ahead and create that, you know, tag me in it. I will take all the uh, creative credit. Creative credit. Um, but you know, you're so selfless. I am a selfish bastard. But anyways, Blake, let's go ahead and you know talk about fantasy football. It's kind of ironic that you're on the show this week. I gotta say, hmm, you set me up. You uh, only brought me on the show because you beat me this I week. I did happen to face you up again. The comic book legion, fantasy football league. We happened to go against each other. You're way, ranked way ahead of me. You're like fourth in the league. Uh, probably that's. Probably gonna change soon. <laughs> well, I mean, I was d- down at number nine. I've been—that's the league I've been stinking in. My other two leagues, I'm like second and first. But this league, I've been stinking in. I've just had bad matchups. It's not that I have a bad team. I actually felt really good about my team, but I've just had terrible matchups. And you know, I, I had to say, you know, I—I—I I, uh, I had a regrettable move at my running back. I started Nick Chubb, and he had a terrible game. To I mean, are you surprised, really? I mean, no, not against the Patriots. I'm not surprised. But, I mean, I was surprised that I had Tevin Coleman on my bench, and he went <laughs> off. And, you know, it was a terrible, a really tough decision. Tough to see that go down like that. I mean, Nick Chubb still had over 100 yards rushing, 131 yards rushing. We'll get into that later. I mean, um, you still won, so that's all that matters. I still was able to sneak away with a victory based off of, you know, DJ Chark's awesome game and – the 49er defense um, against the Carolina Panthers. So I was able to etch away with the victory, but, you know, I got to go ahead and say, um, you had me worried, dude. You had me worried. You had Dalvin Cook on last Thursday night football game, and he put up almost 30 points, and that gave you a great, you know, edge about victory. But my whole team, like, well, most of my team just didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's always tough when you got a couple under five-point players. Um, who really don't do nothing for you, um, but yeah, man. That's I bad. mean, you know, you still you're still going to be ahead of me in the rankings. Uh, uh, kudos to you. You've, you had a pretty solid team. Um, you know, I think Dallas being on a bye, you had uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper on your bench. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, but I wasn't too worried. I I think I still could have came away with a victory if I played certain players. What really um, destroyed my lineup is that. I got too irritated with Evan Ingram and his performances in the past few weeks, and this week he decided to go off when he was on the bench. Yeah, no, I mean, I I attribute that to the beautiful game that Daniel Jones had, uh, in all honesty. But yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram did go off, and I did notice that you had him on your bench, and I think you had Gerald Everett, who really got outshined by Josh Reynolds uh, as a t- in a tight end position in the Rams game. I think Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds had the tight end, uh, the touchdown in the tight end position. Well, no, he's a receiver. He was uh, replacing Brandon Cooks, who got another concussion. Okay, okay, that's right, that's right. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is, yeah, he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be missing some time. I mean, he's had two concussions this year. Um, yeah, both no- straight up knockout hits. Yeah, they were both. I mean, you seen his eyes roll in the back of his head in this one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're both painful to watch. It sucks. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to kind of get an idea another person who's had two concussions this year is sterling shepherd and he's missed some you know pretty substantial amount of time so i don't see 
you know, um, Brandon Cook's coming back at least not anytime soon. Yeah, uh, a little side note is that I'm getting really irritated with these refs. They just vary from game to game. It just depends on the refs because if they're going to call helmet-to-helmet hits, call all helmet-to-helmet hits. Don't just pick and choose which ones you want to throw a flag for. Because yeah. they didn't throw a flag against uh, Brandon Cook's hint. Uh, yeah, that's that's rough. You know, that was obviously a pretty nasty hit. I'll have to go back and look at it, whether I think it was a flagrant foul or not. I, I, I don't It wasn't purposeful. I'll give the secondary that. But still, they're being hypocrites sometimes by throwing flags sometimes on this rule. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I um, 100% agree with you there. And there's some definitely that they should be calling and some that, you know, the the defender really has no other choice it's almost like the you know the force of their momentum they can't really stop from certain hits mostly the roughing the passer the hits on the quarterback oh that's um, another thing that happened um Andy Dalton got hit in the head like just with a hand and they called roughing the passer on that yeah they get really they get really stickler about those kind of and then some of them it's like what are you doing and that's the same game that Aaron Donald also suplexed Andy Dalton and they didn't <laughs> call a flag on that well, that's just a thing of beauty. It was. I was happy. I was laughing. Hey, uh, I missed that. I'll have to go back and watch that. But, I mean, we'll go, let's go ahead and get into the uh, the reason why we're here. And uh, we're wrapping up. This is Monday afternoon while the time we we're recording. We're just wrapping up week eight. We have one more game tonight. The Pittsburgh Steelers up against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, do you have any uh, anybody in particular you think is going to have a standout game tonight? You know, we also uh, some breaking news this morning that came out was Kenyon Drake, the running back from the Miami Dolphins, got traded to the Arizona Cardinals after uh, Chase Daniels, the backup running back to David Johnson, who just got injured, was also injured. So Kenyon Drake's going to be stepping in as the starting running back. Do you have any thoughts on tonight's game? I mean, not much. It's the Steelers versus the Dolphins. I don't know. I don't know how that ended up on Monday Night Football. I guess they're just going through a schedule, but I guess the only good thing coming from this game tonight is James Conner. Yeah, and you know what? I'm down by like six points in one of my leagues, and he, it, my opponent's team, is finished, and I've got James Conner left. So as long as he gets six points tonight, I'm going to take away, walk away with the W. Um, I mean, I think you should feel pretty confident that he's going to get up, at least six points. Up against the Miami Dolphins, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I think we got Mason Rudolph coming back tonight, uh, the second-string quarterback, obviously the replacement to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about tonight's game. Even um, with the third-string quarterback, uh, James Conner was putting up some pretty good numbers. He had a rough yeah. start, but he's starting to pick it up. Yeah, if, if he's going he's gonna to be bringing in more points as the season goes, in my opinion. Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and get started into the rest of the Week 8 matchups. we got three studs that we have both picked. Uh, Blake, I'm going to go ahead and start because I know this person is someone that we both decided was an absolute freaking stud in Week 8, and that is the 49ers running back Tevin Coleman. He's missed a good chunk of this year with a high ankle sprain, but he's back and he is running hot. He was up against the Carolina Panthers, and like I had mentioned earlier, I had benched him over Nick Chubb because, you know, the Carolina Panthers defense has been really good. And I had Nick Chubb and Devonta Freeman. Um, my flex position went to the wide receivers because I had some really good wide receiver matchups. But I was kicking myself right away. It's like one know? of the best games, like one of the best running back games of the season so far. Three rushing touchdowns and, yeah, and a re- reception touchdown too. 
exactly 11 rushes for 105 yards and three rushing touchdowns with two targets for two receptions, another 13 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown, four total touchdowns and 118 yards total for Tevin Coleman on the day with only 13 touches. That's the craziest part of it. He only had 13 touches and four touchdowns. That means he only got the ball nine times where he didn't put it in the end zone. Do you fucking get that? That is crazy. In yeah, my... he handed the ball and just took off. His highlights are amazing. Uh, yeah, he zipped through that Carolina Panthers defense several times, even when he wasn't scoring the ball, uh, scoring touchdowns. Sub- a couple of those carries were just like lightning. Uh, there was like a 60-yard carry or like a 30-yard carry. I forget exactly, but he – I mean the touchdown was a 60-yard touchdown. There was a 30-yard carry where he just ripped through that defense, and he was like lightning. I thought he was going to be gone, but he ended up getting taken down. Uh, the Panthers got gosh, embarrassed so on amazing. both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you what, uh, I will never not play Tevin Coleman for the rest of the year. Uh, <laughs> they've already passed their bye, so he's not. I don't have to worry about that. He's going to be in my starting lineup for the rest of the year. Don't care. Are you replacing Devontae Freeman or Nick Chubb? Um, no, I'm going to have a flex. Depending on the wide receiver oh, matchup, oh, yeah, I might. Yeah, yeah. Um, depending on the wide receiver matchups, um, we'll see because – you know, Devonta Freeman's had some questionable games as well, but he's also starting to pick it up. And then Nick like Chubb is, well, Nick Chubb's someone you might have to watch out for because um, in a couple of weeks we got Kareem Hunt returning, and that might add. You know, we saw what happened in L.A. with the Chargers when uh, Austin Eckler was the running back two of the year and just tearing it up, and then Melvin Gordon comes back, and it, it you know I had just him, I have both nothing. of them. Well, I have both of them in one of my leagues, and I'm playing both of them each week in a hope that one of them starts to take away and you know step away as the number one running back. But as of right now, it's kind of like take it. Well, there's been talks of Melvin Gordon being traded. Yeah, that's but right now it's pretty fifty-fifty being a split, so it's really hard to play one over the other. So I'm taking up two spots in my roster, playing both of them. Um, You know, they both got a had a decent game. This past week, so I was okay with that. But I mean, we we see what happens when Cream Hunt comes back. We could have some of the same situation with Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. So that's something to keep an eye out. So I might be benching Nick Chubb a couple times in you know place of Tevin Coleman. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. But Blake, why don't you go ahead and tell me uh, besides Tevin Coleman, who else do you have as one of your studs of Week Eight? Uh, one my second player for Week Eight. That was a standout is Super Cooper Cup. Oh, and you're not just saying that because you're a Rams fan, right? <laughs> I'm a little biased, but you can't you're deny that biased. he had an amazing game. No, hell no. He was uh, he was creeping up on the all-time Rams receiving record. He yeah, was only 18 he's got, yards shy, I believe. I think he'll get it eventually. Probably meant per game. I mean, I think it was 100, 238 yards. I forget who it was set by. I saw the tweet yesterday. Uh, the name's slipping from me. But he had 220 receiving yards. And how many how many receptions did he have? Receptions? He had seven. So that is f- freaking amazing. You know, he had... That's A lot of those were of... third downs, too. So, like, Jared Goff just, like, found Cooper Cup on a third down and threw it to him. And Coop just takes off and automatic first down. That's an average of, like, 33 yards of reception. That is... It, 31.4. 31.4, whatever. I, I'm doing the math in my head. You're close. You're close. Close, close. Yeah, give me, close give me a little credit. But damn, dude, that is amazing. 
Yeah, it was it was a it was a fun game to watch, especially when the, one of those touchdowns was from a double reverse pass. That that was freaking beautiful. I called you. I remember calling you yesterday. I'd be like, dude, I just saw that double reverse pass highlight. That was insane. And what a game! And you were worried that the the Bengals were going to give you guys some trouble, but I don't, I don't think it was a, a much of a worry after a while. I mean, yeah, the first I the Rams are proven once again. They're kind of a second half team. First half they struggled, but second half they're kind of running away with the game. Yeah, I mean Andy Dalton was uh, not that effective. I would say towards the end. Oh, he was uh, overthrowing all of his receivers. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's kind of what I was referring to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Cooper Cup, man, what an amazing receiver! Uh, definitely gonna. F- I-, I say he's gonna finish a top three receiver on the year. I guarantee um, it. I get yeah, um, but one I'm gonna go ahead and bounce back to him. One of my week eight studs, um, and that's uh, running back out of Chicago, the rookie David Montgomery, uh, up against the L.A. Chargers. Last week we had Matt Nagy coming out and saying, you know, I know we need to rush the ball more than seven times. I'm not an idiot. One of those kind of so an idiot. <laughs> One of the greatest quotes I've ever heard from a head coach because obviously who was calling the plays during the game? Pretty sure it was Matt Nagy. So he's pretty much calling himself an idiot and saying, no, 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 I'm not an idiot. But anybody who rushes the ball seven times, they're, they're an idiot. Well, hey, Matt, guess what you just did? You rushed, seven, you rushed the ball seven times. But this game, I think he learned from his mistakes because he handed the rock to David Montgomery and that boy carried it. Uh, 27 attempts for 135 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Um, that alone right there is impressive, but when you add uh, four receptions for 12 more yards, uh, you know, the yardage isn't great, but four receptions in a PPR league, uh, that's going to add some extra points. And David Montgomery is finally showing what he can do as a rookie. Um, I really don't think there's any reason for Tariq Cohen or Mike Davis to be on the field unless Tariq Cohen's in the receiving slot. Um, yeah, I agree with but, you. David Montgomery looked good I mean, in a terrible David game. Montgomery's Yeah, I mean, let's be honest with you. They probably should have won that game. Uh, I really don't think Matt Nagy is the greatest uh, play caller, decision maker, starting to show coach out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's made some really questionable calls. Uh, he stands by their kicker. Mm. That, I mean, they, Bears <laughs> just have terrible luck with kicker. <laughs> uh, but you know, we're here. We're here to talk about David Montgomery. He had an excellent game. Uh, even on, I mean, it's shown throughout the years in the fantasy football uh, community that you can be on a stinker team but still have uh, good fantasy production, and it's normally at the running back position. Uh, but, you know, David Montgomery's proven to, when he gets the chance, he can get it done. Uh, so that's somebody to, you know, I don't know how much he's rostered, but definitely worth taking a look for, maybe putting in a trade for some of these, you know, RB2 positions that you might want to. You know, look towards making a uh, playoff move. Uh, Blake, why don't you go ahead and tell me about a third and final pick for you? Because we've gone ahead and gone over two years. You picked Devin Coleman as well. Kind of spoiled that for you. Um, I don't mind. Yeah. Super Um, Cooper Cup. I kind of went in a different direction with this one. It doesn't really come to surprise that the New England Patriots defense scored this many points, but I still have to give them a like a position on this top three players of fantasy. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they were up against the Browns. And they made Baker Mayfield look yes. like a high school quarterback. I, I mean, uh, there's been a couple games this year <laughs> that Baker Mayfield has looked like a high school quarterback. I think I was after week three, I was calling for all the fantasy owners to drop it because he, he for somebody who had so much hype and he has so many weapons around him. He the Browns were so hyped in the off season, and I made sure to not start Odell Beckham Jr. just because they're going against the Patriots because I knew they were going to have a rough day. You know, just just for the record, I have no idea because Odell Beckham has, you know, slipped off the radar this year because of the fact that he's gone to the Browns, and I think he's really regretting that now. Uh, you, you can imagine with uh, Daniel Jones throwing him the ball, he's probably going to be having a better year. Uh, but for the record, how, much, how many fantasy points did Odell have? I think he had 10. Today? Not too bad, but still. He hasn't really been scoring that much throughout this season, and I think the issue is the Browns bought into their – own hype and they got too cocky and their own line is yeah, true can't forget about that yeah but no i hear you there but the patriots defense is always a force to be reckoned with that was actually my quarter season mvp oh, really? oh, when me and mark did our episode oh yeah that was my mvp of the mid uh, quarter way through the season um, the Patriots defense have been fantastic all year long. There is, I think I saw today, uh, somebody's tweet. There was only about eight or nine players in fantasy football who have scored more points than the Patriots defense. Um, and that is very rare for a defense to be putting up that much points. I, I think they're being, they're on record to put up a record number of fantasy Terrifying points. Terrifying to go up against for sure. By far. Without a doubt. Um, and I think you caught the better end of that. I think that really started to happen during the postseason last year. And I think you guys caught the better end. The, the worst yeah, end of that, I should yeah, say. Yeah, that was, that was rough. Yeah, but I'll go ahead and move on to my third and final Week 8 stud. And that is the rookie quarterback, the six-round pick. Somebody that I have been hyped on after Week 1. Mustache Mania is running wild, brother, and that is Gardner Minshew, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know that our buddy Josh, shouts out to Josh, because he's going to be really happy hearing me about this, uh, because he was actually Gardner Minshew for Halloween, and I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but they're freaking good. Yeah, I saw the snap, and I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Spookily like him. He looked like a little too much, (laughs) scarily like him. but at Gardner Minshew up against the New York Jets. You know the New York Jets are this, supposed to have this great defense, who's been slowly but surely falling apart. They just traded Leonard Williams this morning. CJ Mosley's hurt again, um, but Gardner Minshew picked him apart. He was twenty-two for thirty-four with two hundred and seventy-nine yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. So now that is thirteen touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, you know he's breaking rookie records. He's won like five Rookie of the Year awards so far this year. I'm pretty sure he's going to win a sixth. Um, He got sacked twice, and he lost one fumble, but he also rushed eight times for 28 yards. Dude, I mean, he is so accurate. I mean, back in Washington State, I know he was known as the most accurate quarterback in Washington State. But, I mean, even in the NFL as a rookie stepping in for Nick Foles who got hurt and kind of this no-name quarterback who flew under the radar for everybody. I mean, he was a sixth-round yeah. pick. And now he's here at Jacksonville. 
and he's getting it done. Yeah, he's he wants that starting that position. And, uh, and Nick Foles is supposed to be coming back here in a couple weeks, and Jacksonville came out and said today that they're not going to be trading mm-hmm. Foles. You know, and me, me poking the bear, dealing, messing around with Josh, who's a Jaguars fan. I was like, hey, man, you know, they should just start Minshew and put Foles as the backup because everybody knows Foles is better as a backup. Um, but more than likely with the money they paid Foles, he will uh, be yeah. the starter. Uh, but we'll see if he can be getting it done like Minshew's been getting it done because I love – like I said, dude, Minshew man- – mustache mania is running wild. The next game is very I important mean... <laughs> for Foles, though. Who are they playing next? Next week, ooh, um, I don't have that in front of me. Give me one second. Um, but Foles, I don't think Foles is coming back until um, week 10. I think he's so got two more weeks. They're playing Houston weeks, next week, so and Foles will be coming back on a bye. And then after that, they got the Colts. Okay, so yeah. Houston secondary is very, very depleted. Uh, you know, I know that very well because my Raiders uh, quarterback, Derek Carr, just was able to pick him apart and look like the all-pro he was in 2016, which he hasn't been all season <laughs> long. Uh, but, yeah, um, their secondary is depleted. They just got one of our starting cornerbacks, Garyon Conley, uh, in a trade a couple weeks back, which was the first time <laughs> he played the Raiders, which is his first game as a Texan, which is really ironic. Uh, but yeah, I think Gardner Minch is going to have a hell of a game next week against um, – the Texans, because, yeah, if Derek Carr can do what he did, three touchdowns against them, Gardner Minshew can't as well. Uh, the Jets, I would say, their secondary is probably better than the Texans. It's a very winnable right game now. for the Jaguars. And, oh, without a doubt. I mean, you've got to compete against Deshaun Watson, uh, but the Ra- like I said, the Raiders almost got it done. Uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, blew up in the fourth quarter. And, and he really will be going done, against the Jaguars defense. This is actually pretty decent. Yeah, man, they got. I think they had like eight sacks against this Jets offense, um, something crazy like that. They're not, you know, the secondary obviously losing Jalen Ramsey. You know that very well. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's why I'm as, so after receiving him, still working well without him. Like eight sacks, three interceptions, and one forced fumble. Yeah, I mean that's another thing is you have the Jacksonville Jaguar defense yeah, on I your bench, <laughs> so you should know that very well. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they haven't technically. They haven't had Jalen Ramsey since like week so two they're or week always three because yeah. he he was like faking and that then, back like, injury. As soon as he got to LA, yeah. like the, something in the air fixes back or something. It's crazy that California yeah. weather, man. I, I love it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, soon enough, Blake. Soon enough. On a couple more months. Anyways, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our week eight flop of the week it is our player we designate as the person that totally dropped the ball flopped hard total flop dog on the week and they are they should have had it done and they couldn't you know i don't know what they, it was just something in the air that morning it didn't get their vitamins and nutrients and that part of their balanced breakfast mm. i don't know what it was um but but i'll go ahead because i have i actually have two players that i picked um one was a little personal for me uh, one was really shocking. Uh, but, Blake, I'll go ahead and go first with my first one. It was really personal because we mentioned it earlier in the beginning of the show. I started him, and I had Tevin Coleman on my bench. But Nick Chubb, he had 20 rushing attempts for 131 yards. It's really not that bad. 
uh, but he had zero touchdowns and two very crucial fumbles. One was actually picked up and returned for a touchdown, yeah. so that hurts right there. The other one was, I think, like a 30- or 40-yard run where he was just carving up the defense, and he had broken away. He w- he had break away. He was running, and then we just see the secondary defender from the Patriots come, and I mean perfectly, and when I say punched the ball, I mean he literally balled up his fist and like just an overhand right, punched the ball straight down into the earth and punched it right out of Nick Chubb's hand. So two very crucial fumbles. It was a beautiful, beautiful form. I honestly thought but, Chubb did better than you know, I expected w- him to because he is going up against the Patriots defense. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, the number four running back on the year – getting away with 10 points up against the Patriots defense. It's not bad. But when you look about 131 rushing yards and the fact that he probably would have had a touchdown on top of that as well as another, you know, 50, 60 yards from that after that fumble, uh he could have had a really better game. And you know, some of those uh Browns players did have a okay game against uh okay at the best. Patriots, but so you, know, you need but, better than okay in fantasy. Okay at best. Yeah, so it was it was just really personal for me, Nick Chubb. Yeah, he had a little bit of an off game. Uh, but Blake, why don't we go ahead and you tell me your designated f- f- flop? Yeah, it wasn't weekend. really that difficult for me to find a flop because my team was full of them this week. But you might think I'm being <laughs> you might think I'm being a little <laughs> harsh, and some people might question my decision on this one. But I'm going with Russell Wilson as my flop. Oh, you're going to choose Russ as your flop? I mean, he's the number one quarterback of the year. Yeah, number, number two. two quarterback of the year, I believe. But he only he was projected to uh, score okay. 21 points, and I thought he was going to score more than that because he was going against the Falcons. So I was like, yeah, they're underestimating. They're lowballing him right now. They do that all the time. But he only scored 15 points against the Falcons. That's just... I... Yeah, I mean... the. Fuck projections. The projections suck. They are terrible. They're uh, definitely wrong on this but, one, dude. I know what you mean. When you, I know, I know. But when you go up, when you hear about going up against the Falcons, the Falcons' defense is known for one thing, and that's giving up fantasy points. So, especially to the quarterback and the wide receiver, and yeah, that's really surprising that the number two quarterback really didn't get it done against the probably one of the worst. Fantasy defense is a uh, one of the, the several reasons why I lost this week so. to you. Yeah, he got sacked twice. One of the best players in the NFL extending ah. the play got sacked twice against the Falcons. Yeah, that's pretty shocking. Um, but you know, uh, when it came down to it, you guys still demolished yeah. them. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Seahawks demolished them, but the Rams demolished them the week prior, yeah. and Goff had an amazing game. Yeah, so I, I get how you would choose him as your f- f- flop. It's a little personal, like you I'm mentioned. I'm slightly like biased. I mentioned, too. Um, but uh, slightly biased, but I'm going to go ahead and say somebody that didn't affect my week at all, and that was just really shocking when I looked at the stat line. Uh, you know, That was Le'Veon Bell against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know, they're not the same Jacksonville-Saxonville defense that they used to be. They're still a good defense. But, you know, they they're they're about uh, you know mid range defense. They're not amazing, but they're not terrible either. They're right they're around like the middle. Literally, of the but yeah. But when you look at nine rushes for twenty three yards, that is 
terrible. It's gross. I mean, you're barely at two and a half yards per carry with three receptions for 12 yards. I mean, for somebody like Le'Veon Bell, who was last year obviously sat out, but before that, he was known as probably the greatest running back in the NFL. And, you know, he was going to this Jets defense. He was supposed to have a fantastic year. Uh, I mean, a lot of people said that. I really didn't believe that he was going to have a fantastic year, to be honest with you. Uh, the Jets obviously isn't the most flashiest team. Really surprised me when they beat the Cowboys like they did a couple yeah, weeks I'm back. Yeah, I'm wondering if, if that was a fluke and or with not. Sam Darnold. Well, no, I think <clears throat> with Sam Darnold back, I think that our offense definitely improved. Not this week. But I just – no, definitely not this week. Uh, but Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I know we've seen it in the past. He has the talent. He can get it done. Uh, but, man, he really struggled this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. He doesn't have the same offensive line as he did in Pittsburgh. Nowhere close. But, man, I mean, if Sam Donald would just be able to give him a couple more dump-off passes because Sam Donald's not throwing it down the field too many ghosts. Why not give (laughs) – I honestly feel bad for him about that whole thing. But, but yeah, man, I mean, I feel like he should just be dumping it down to – Le'Veon Bell when he can because that that would obviously be better than throwing it to the defenders or nobody at all. But yeah, I mean that was that's my flop for week eight. Flops. So you know we're a little early. We still got our Monday night game. We're not completely out of week eight, but we are right at the midway point of the season. You know we get seventeen weeks in the game. We're at week eight right now. So we're just about there. Pretty much, you know, right split, smack dab in the middle. Mark and I, uh, after week four, had already gone after our quarter of the season MVPs. This year, this time we're going to do it a little bit different, Blake. I told you I wanted you to pick three midseason MVP candidates. One quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver. And then me and you were going to kind of explain why we would put them as the MVP candidates uh, the first half of the season. So, Blake, I will go ahead and let you start it off with your quarterback MVP now, Sometimes candidate. the obvious is still the best choice, and my quarterback MVP is Deshaun Watson so far. Okay, he is the number one quarterback on the season so far. Um, but, I mean, do you have anything? Go ahead and elaborate on your decision uh, a little bit. Consistency, that's the main thing to get the MVP for at least half the season. He's rushing, he's, and he's passing. He's doing everything. Okay, we did see him kind of struggle a little bit in the first couple weeks of the season. But other than that, he's been really, yeah, really amazing. Yeah, beating Mahomes in a shootout. Right? That was freaking amazing for them to win uh Patrick Mahomes, yeah, that was healthy huge, Patrick Mahomes, huge, able to beat him. Yeah. Huge, um, but yeah, man, uh, I could definitely see Deshaun Watson as MVP. He's uh, one of the people I actually chose as my top three quarterbacks coming into the year, so I'm not surprised that he's. It's who I wanted to uh, draft, uh, but yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, it's yeah. You gotta gotta sit and wait for a quarterback. Um, if you did take my advice before the beginning of the season, and this is in the pilot episode, I said this is my, you know, pick for the MVP for the year. Uh, you know, this is who I my sleeper pick of the year. 
but that was somebody you could have probably waited a later bit to get as a quarterback, uh, unless you were really hot on this guy, but that's Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, and he's currently the number three quarterback, uh, but he's only 20 points behind Deshaun Watson, the number one quarterback, and that's after having a bye this week. Um, if you look at it, his points in the past couple weeks, excuse me, the past weeks on the season, he's only had one week where he's been under 20 points. So if you you know factor that in, I really think on a seven-game total, I really think he might be still the number one quarterback on the year. Um, he's really got that dual threat um, fact, like you'd mentioned with Deshaun Watson. He can throw it and run it. We've seen his arm is a little questionable throughout the year, but in those games, he's still managed to get it done on the ground with his legs. And with that fact, I think he's going to be a huge fantasy impact in the years to come. I think he's only going to get better. Um, I think we're going to see some Michael Vick-esque numbers He's definitely exciting to watch. I think he is exciting as Michael Vick. He is one of the most electrifying players to watch, without a doubt, yes. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, that's Deshaun. Uh, excuse me, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you picked Deshaun Watson. I picked Lamar Jackson. Blake, why don't you go ahead and tell me who your running back MVP candidate is for? Uh, the yeah, people might be starting to pick up that I am a little biased, but I am picking up my running. I mean, I'm picking my running back for this MVP, and that is Dalvin Cook. Okay, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he is. He is the number one running back. I think back he's at number two right now. Number two. Okay. Oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey is number one, of course. Um, yeah, Dalvin Cook, man. He's a lot of the people could have grabbed him in like the fourth or the fifth round, even in the draft of the you know fantasy football draft. I have. Um, oh, I had high. Exp- I'm sorry. I was gonna say I had pretty high expectations for him. I tried to grab him in the third. Um, didn't work out for me except for one of my drafts. He's consistently scoring um, high points man, in every single he game. He even under even when uh, Kirk Cousins is able to put up huge numbers uh, yardage numbers through the air, Dalvin Cook can still get it done on the ground. Averaging twenty four I mean, points right now. At, exactly, he's able to put up over a hundred yards in I think six of the eight games. I think he's so. Played yeah, it's up around that number. Right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is averaging over 100 yards. I know that for sure. Averaging over 100 yards per game, he is. I mean, I call him Dalvin Dynamite Cook because he could just break away for one seven. We've seen it before. He's just had one 75-yard rushing touchdown, uh, and that's all it takes for him to have a massive game, and he gets it done one way or another. That's really a matter of the position he I, gets put in. Like he he can turn a bad play into like a touchdown. He's done that multiple times. Yep, I, I hear you there. I hear you there. Um, but I'll go ahead and go with my running back MVP candidate of the year. And that's, you know, obviously if you're going to go with Dalvin Cook, I'll have to bounce back with Christian McCaffrey, the number one running back. Uh, I'm just <laughs> joking. I picked him before we had this conversation. I mean, it makes sense. But, um, you know, he's obviously the right. He is the running back one of the season. And that's after having a bye week already. Um, he's had one week game a week two, and I'm pretty sure that was because he was uh, injured. Um, but even against elite defenses like we just saw this past week against the 49ers defense, which is the number two defense of the year, um, he's still able to put up 27 fantasy points. 
and his schedule ahead looks even promise even more promising. I think he's got two questionable matchups for the rest of the year. Other than that, he's got pretty plus matchups for the fantasy and it is impressive because football. the Panthers have gone against a lot of tough defenses, and he's still put, racking up a lot of points. Yes, and this is after Cam Newton's gone out too, and we've seen Kyle Allen step in and done a better job. I mean, this is his, he lost his first game against the Forty ers as a starter since he took over for Cam Newton, and other than that, he's been doing yeah, fantastic. To watch out for for sure. Um, but definitely, definitely. Um, maybe someone who slip in as a wild card spot, definitely. Um, questionable to see where Cam is going to end up if he's going to take over for. Yeah, uh, that that's something that could be definitely happening with uh, Kyle Allen. I'd like say try to trade uh, Cam Newton to the Bears. Oh, that that's. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Mitchell Trubisky is garbage. So yeah, the Bears do need a. They need a real quarterback who can uh, throw the ball. Uh, to their <laughs> I was offense. about to like, hey, yeah, he throws the ball to players yeah. on the field. Other other players or the ground ghost. Oh no, that's Sam <laughs> Um <coughs> uh, But yeah, so Christian McCaffrey um, is my running back MVP candidate of the year. Blake, who is now? Wait a second. Wait just a second. I'm what? following a pattern here. Is your MVP wide receiver candidate going to be I already told you my candidate before we even started the show, so that's not fair. No. Fuck you, <laughs> I'm not going to sound that biased. <laughs> Whatever. You are, though, because it is a He's one it's of the Cooper best Cup. receivers in the league right now. I'm not that biased. Okay, okay. Um, he's getting Elaborate. targeted more and more th- as the season goes on, and Goff is getting more confidence in the game because of him. And if you throw a ball to Cooper Cup, he's going to catch it no matter what. And he's going to run like a running back down the field and get a touchdown. He's yes. a wide receiver two all the year, correct? That, yeah, that alone. I mean, that, that alone right there says it. I mean, he's got a wide receiver trio who on paper is supposed to be one of the best wide receiving cores um, on the year. But then you've got Brandon Cooks, who is injury-prone, is as fragile as a <laughs> glass brick house. Uh, wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brandon Cooks, who is absolutely just Let's fragile. Let's say he's fragile. He just well got the glass jaw. I will you know, just say Robert that. Let's go with that. Brandon Cooks, if you're listening, no, I'm sorry. Brandon, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Take a look at Brandon Cooks. I mean, yeah, I mean, shouts out to Brandon Cooks. He's uh, almost a hometown. You know, he's pretty local. He's, we played Our team played against Lincoln, him in high school. Right? I don't know if you remember watching him play. As, yeah, he went to Lincoln. We actually, I actually watched him play as a freshman, and he was a senior. Uh, but, yeah, shouts out to Brandon Cooks, local dude. But, yeah, man, I mean, you got to look at his his history as an NFL player, and he's pretty injury not prone. True. You can't say he's not fragile. But, yeah, like – as you said, like the Rams have amazing receivers, but Cooper Cup is like way above everybody else on that team. Without a doubt, because I mean, you got Robert Woods too, who's just non-existent. I mean, you've had him in the past, the past couple seasons. He's been, you know, the predominant receiver. But yeah, this I don't year, know what's going on with him. So Hopefully, we see more of him in the games to come. We're gonna need everything we can get. Definitely going to need him to step it up. 
Um, but my wide receiver MVP candidate for the year is somebody who has, you know, had to had a rough, pretty rough schedule so far, a rough year to say the least uh, when it comes to the people surrounding him. But that's the Tampa Bay wide receiver Chris Godwin. Uh, he's the running back, or excuse me, he's the wide receiver three on the year. Uh, but he consistently puts up huge fantasy points with not the most consistent Ooh. quarterback, and I'm talking about Lamis Winston. I agree with you 100% because yeah. Godwin Jamis helped Winston. the Buccaneers destroy the Rams. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Godwin, I mean, one of the notes I put next to here, he's, he gets it done with also supplementing, or, you know, being able to, on the same team, have the wide receiver six. So he's got two top ten wide receivers who are just absolutely putting up huge numbers week in and week out. I'm talking about Mike Evans. And that's with the quarterback, Jameis Winston, who, I mean, when you throw it as much as he does, you know, he just throws a couple interceptions, turns around, throws it again. And, you know, we get these wide receivers who have massive games. Um, but it's just pretty crazy when you look at his numbers. He's got, you know, over 100 yards in the majority of his games. And, you know, even on these games where he only gets maybe four or five, six targets and receptions, he still puts up, you know, 100, 125, 140, 150 yards. I mean, it's been multiple times this year where he has just put up monstrous numbers. Two touchdowns, 120 yards. He's one of those receivers that can just break away pretty easily. I mean, and he's going to be like my breakout of the year so far. I mean, I'd have to say without a doubt. Chris I have to agree with you. Yeah, you're selling me on this because, like you said, he's, he's doing this with a very lackluster quarterback. And the number six wide receiver on the opposite side of the field with him at the same time. That's one of the things that I think is most impressive, that this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense run by Bruce Arians, who, you know, I expected Jameis Winston to be just as good, but obviously when he's an inaccurate as he is, um, it, it's hard for him to be as productive in the fantasy points. Uh, but, I mean, these two wide receivers are incredible. We've seen Mike Evans put up some of the greatest, you know, some amazing games as well. But Chris Godwin consistently is putting up points He's where we've seen Mike it. Evans ghost a couple times. But, I mean, that'll pretty much do it for our midseason MVP candidates. Um, we got some pretty, pretty good ones. Um, but before we wrap things up for today, I want to talk about somebody who we think you know, who didn't exactly make the cut the first half of the year. Somebody we expected to really, really be better off than where they are. Um, somebody that we're really expecting to bounce back at the second half of the year. Um, so, Blake, who did you pick as your second half of the Get season bounce back eyes, player? But to be honest, though, you already kind of agree with me inadvertently because – you really wanted to give me this quarterback in exchange for a different one, and I'm talking about Jared Goff. He's oh heading into God. the cream puff part of his schedule, so he's getting his confidence back up. I thought the um, the Bears were going to be a tough opponent. Uh, he's they're coming up very soon, but the Bears are looking piss poor lately. But yeah, Goff is getting his confidence back, and he's looking like he did last year. You know, you are such a homer. No, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm not, I won't give you too much shit because you're <laughs> filling in, and I appreciate you doing this. Um, but, man, you know, you're, you're right. You're right. Jared Goff started off as absolute stinker on the year, 
I traded you him for Dak Prescott. Yeah, Demarcus Robinson, who I ended up dropping anyway. I was being nice, and I thought you needed a quarterback, so I gave you a quarterback. Uh, I did need a quarterback. I mean, you had Russell Wilson and um, Dak Prescott. And let's be honest with you, you never would have picked up Dak Prescott unless I told you to after week two. Why didn't you pick him up? Because I told you to. Because I thought Jared Goff Goff was going to be better than he was. And after week three. He is now, but after week three, when you start off zero and three, you you have well, didn't start 0-3. time to make some moves. And I needed to. Move oh, you on. started zero and three. I started zero and three in my fantasy <laughs> with, Jared, with Jared Goff as my quarterback, and I it wasn't getting done. So I needed to make. I made some big moves. I traded you. I got Dak Prescott. It still couldn't get done, but it did better than Jared Goff has been, uh, or he was. Jared Goff has been stepping it up, like you said, so I agree with you 100%. I could totally see him bouncing back and having a much better half, second half of the if season. If I started him over Russell Wilson half. this week, it would have been a closer um, game. Especially... Yeah, very true. He did have a better Against game Falcons, than Russell Wilson, which again, is saying something. The Falcons defense. Uh. I know, I know, I know. Uh, but, you know, then again, Jared Goff went up against the... Like I said, they're entering the cream puff part of the schedule, so Um, he's going to get his confidence back. And Cooper Cup, how can I say that Cooper Cup is going to be the uh, receiver MVP when he doesn't have a decent quarterback? That's very true. Very, very true. Um, But I will go ahead and wrap this up with my bounce-back player of the second half of the year, and that is somebody that I have had. uh, It's been a little... Um, premature. I've I've jumped on him a couple times already this year, hoping that he had bounced back. Uh, he's been starting to, but I think the last time that me and Mark recorded, I chose him as my bounce back player, and he didn't get it done. Uh, the past two weeks, he has been stepping it up as a wide receiver, um, and that was somebody that a lot of people picked as their wide receiver one on the year in the draft. Uh, probably may have gone as the sixth or seventh <laughs> overall pick. And that is DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver out of the Houston Texans. Um, we've seen you know him and Deshaun Watson totally out of sync after week one. There was like a four or five game stretch where they were just not connecting between the two of them. But we've seen the things heating up the past two weeks. And you know it, it, while it looks out of sync for a I think while, they're gonna get their groove back. Um, dare I say? Oh, dare I say that they are now. <laughs> In sync. Bye bye bye, bitch. (laughs) That was just terrible. We're Uh, rolling with it. We're rolling with it. Completely inappropriate. I'm sorry. We're rolling with it. We're gonna go with it. Do it live. It's gonna be a do it live. Uh, But yeah, I told. Well, um, (laughs) we've seen. (laughs) Are you okay? uh, (laughs) Yeah, we've seen DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they call him Nuke for a reason. The guy goes nuclear. Nuclear. I mean, this week he was able to get it done without scoring a touchdown. Still had a great game. Still over 100 yards. And he's one of those receivers that you just always, even when he's absolutely stinking and just not getting it done those past couple we- those past those first couple weeks, you were still playing him because you always knew he had that upside of absolutely skyrocketing and being the wide receiver one on the week. So I totally expect the past two weeks they've been playing absolutely on fire. Uh, I expect DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson to be clicking and for 
DeAndre Hopkins to have an absolute Hopefully you're right stellar time. second half of the year. Hopefully I'm right this time. <laughs> last time I wasn't, but you know, this time I've got you a little bit of your evidence lesson yet. to support me. Before I was kind of going off the punch. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? Last time I last time I predicted that was when Will Fuller went off and had one of the greatest fantasy games of all time. So I would like to just say Will Fuller went ahead and siphoned off my positive energy that I sent towards uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Fuller somehow manifested that into an absolute amazing Has fantasy he game. Has um, So uh, fuck Will Fuller. Okay, Not yet. Will Fuller I'm still waiting. waiting for the letter. We're waiting. Um, and before we forget, uh, because it's something me and Blake like to do. Oh, um, every day. <clears throat> Shouts out to Bill Murray. Uh, just, just, just because we can't hang up, hang, get off the air without shouting out Bill Murray. Um, uh, if you need an explanation, you have to go check out the Nerd Grounds podcast, uh, where me and Blake, you can catch us almost every week. Blake's had a crazy schedule lately, so we've been a little inconsistent, but we're Hooray. getting back on track. Blake's done. Back to normal schedule. Hooray. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you, guys. That'll that'll go ahead and do it for our Week 8 recap as well as our midseason MVPs. I would like to give a quick shout-out to my regular co-host, Mark, and hope that you're eating plenty of chicken noodle soup and bundling up in a blanket. Feel better, Mark. And getting better soon <laughs> um, because <laughs> and, uh, hopefully I'll be talking to you Saturday morning. But thank you guys all for listening. would like to remind everybody to check out the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network where you can hear this podcast as well as the Nerd Grounds Podcast as well as many other great, amazing podcasts. Um, and also check out the Comic Book Legion website where you can read, you know, if that's kind of your thing, you can check out comic book reviews, um, different links to YouTube channels, uh, the same genre. And don't forget to follow Blake and myself. You can find me at NerdGrounds Nerd on Twitter. Grounds, and BRG. Blake, where can they find you? So it's not too difficult to find both of us at the same time. Right on. Yeah, and most of the time I'm tagging him. Uh, usually. Talking smack anyways. So, usually. Um, but that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. I would like to thank everybody for listening to the Fantasy Football Legion. And we will catch you guys next week. Thank you for having week. me. It thank was you, a Blake. pleasure. Uh, anytime, buddy. Bye. Anytime. Talk to you later. Oh, do I stop? Oh. <laughs>